0: Hello and welcome to The Pat King Show. I am your host, The Pat King. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to tune in today. I created this podcast for the sole purpose of helping everyone who listens and for the betterment of all people. This is a platform where we can unite and share stories of personal triumph, pain, successes, and failures so that we can learn from each other and become the best versions of ourselves. I get together with people from all backgrounds to have serious, real, raw, and hopefully even some fun conversations about health, fitness, wellness, personal and professional development, recovery, and even some brief discussions on current events as it pertains to helping people. My life's passion is to work on being a better human each day before my feet even hit the floor so that I can best serve others while they're on their journeys of personal transformation and hopefully empower them to chase their passions and their dreams. I hope you can take at least one thing away from this podcast that will help lift you up in some area of your life. Enjoy the show and be sure to stay tuned at the end for some special announcements. Don't worry, I'm not going to try to sell you anything. I promise. All right, we are live. Welcome to the Pat King Show. I'm your host, Pat King. Today, I bring to you a uh, an old friend, old colleague, uh, as a guest, my friend Dave Rubin. What's up, Dave? What's happening, Pat? Good to be here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I much appreciate it. Um, I could go in a little bit and tell people about you, but uh, obviously you we've, we're old colleagues and friends from the fitness industry, so I want you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about your journey in the fitness industry.
1: Yeah, I'm... Uh... I don't know, 20 plus year uh, vet at this point, which is kind of scary to say. Um, I think you and I go back right about now 20 or 21 years, which might be even scarier to say. Um, But I, you know, first fell in love with fitness back in uh, late middle school, early high school. Uh, My first job in fitness was in high school, just working front desk at a, you know, the local uh, big Globo gym in my town. And uh, in college, I uh, studied exercise physiology. I was fortunate enough to get hooked up with uh, Gold's Gym in the D.C. area where I went to school. Uh, And uh, from there, as they say, the rest is history. But uh, I spent 12 years working uh, for Gold's Gym, various franchises, even Gold's Gym International, for a period of time. I worked overseas for a Gold's Gym franchise for a period. Uh, And then in uh, late 2007, I discovered CrossFit. Um, And in late 2008, um, I got involved in my first CrossFit gym, and uh, that's where I am now, Durham, North Carolina, although we just recently rebranded. So while we're still a CrossFit affiliate, uh, we've uh, just launched our own brand called Courage Fitness.
0: Sweet, sweet. Um, So yeah, what, um, so let's jump in and like, I I just want to ask you some questions about like, what what is happening right now, especially for you being in the fitness industry? um, You know, what's it, what's it like being a gym owner right now uh, with everything going on? Yeah.
1: Well, like, you know, like most of us, I mean, this is all unprecedented. Um, Tough times for sure. Um, You know, I think uh, again, we all have our own challenges. We're in the state of North Carolina, uh, which is still one of just the, Very few states where uh, gyms and fitness centers are are not officially allowed to be open. Um, We're hearing some word that that could change even as early as uh, with an announcement later today. Um, So it's definitely been tough times. We've been shut down. Since March 16th, um, we made the decision on our own on March 16th to uh, discontinue our group classes. And that was mainly just based on what was happening around us, what we saw coming down the pipeline, and even just reaction from the members of our athlete community. You know, they they were getting super nervous. So on March 16th, we decided on our own to stop group classes, uh, but we do have an open gym uh, 24-7 access program available. So we did continue that. And then about five days later, so I think it was March 21st, uh, all the official lockdown orders came into play. So I believe first our mayor, county commissioner, and then the state governor. So we've been officially closed since uh, March 21st or so. So we're at Whatever that is, I don't know, four plus months. Yeah. Uh foreign change. And uh definitely times have been tough. This is uh something that I never prepared for. Uh we're you know, we're fortunate. We're we just started our or we're coming up on our what'll be our thirteenth anniversary here in just a couple of weeks. And uh, you know, for any small business, but even for a, a small gym, but it, really any gym, thirteen years is a long time and uh we didn't get here by accident. Yeah. And I would definitely, uh, qualify us as, uh, on the very successful end of being a small micro gym, uh, certainly before all this. So I had done all the right things, money in the bank, uh, rainy day fund, uh, we ran the business with no debt, all those things. And, uh, but nobody could have planned for this, you know? We here, like I said, we're going on for what'll probably end up being at least five months uh, of not really being able to fully function a hundred percent. So, whereas I would have considered us in in prime condition to weather a, a storm, which in North Carolina we actually get storms, hurricanes sometimes, right. ice storms, ice storms. Yeah, so. You know, if we ever had to have a temporary situation where we lost a little bit of time due to a storm or, or some freak accident or heaven forbid, you know, some sort of terrorist attack, I, I prepared for all of those things. Uh, what I didn't prepare for was basically not being allowed or being told anyway that we're not allowed to actually operate. Um, so again, we've, we've been trying to navigate this just like everybody else. We have our own unique circumstances, but again, we're we're really no more unique than anybody else out there who's, who's battling all this. Again, our our former uh, employer, I mean, you know, Gold's Gym International filed for bankruptcy, sold off clubs, closed gyms. Yep. I wouldn't want to be in their position either. So it really just sucks for all of us across the board. I think.
0: Yeah. 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 So what are, what are some of the things that you're you've been implementing and doing to mm. to trying to kind of survive because i mean you're still like you're still not open right technically not
1: not officially yeah Yeah. so okay so i'll go back so uh march 21st came and we were boom closed um you know by order of i guess not by law because it's not by law um but by someone else's decision we're closed right um excuse me which initially we were told I believe our initial orders here in, in uh, North Carolina and Durham were, I think, through mid-April, maybe the end of April. So we were expecting 30 days of, of closure. Right. So we right away said, okay, what are we going to do to serve our members during this period of time? Up at that moment, we had already started losing some people. Um, we're, again, I've mentioned, we're in Durham, North Carolina. We're literally blocks away from Duke University. Um, So a lot of our client base um, is attached to the university in some way. Not a lot of undergrad students, but we do get a lot of graduate students um, and researchers and professors and things like that connected to school. So as soon as it was becoming clear that the school year was probably going to be over, um, you know, they were sending folks home and whatnot, we started getting cancellations these were cancellations we were going to probably get anyway in May when the school year actually ended. And that's a pretty normal cycle for us, but they started coming two months earlier than we were expecting. Um, So when the lockdown came, we basically said, okay, what are we going to do so that at the very least for these next 30 days, we need to serve all of our people. And at the very least, give them uh, a reason to not freeze their membership, you know, because everybody's money conscious in all, in all times, but even now. Um, so I didn't want to give them a reason to say, Hey Dave, we're not, I'm not going to be in the gym. Just pause me for a month. You know? So what we did is we basically said, uh, two things really, obviously we had already posted our workouts on a daily basis on our website, but we tailored those workouts so that they could be done at home. Basically with little to no equipment, we, we lent out almost all the equipment in the gym to members who were committing to stick with us. Um, so within a two day period, as the lockdown was coming uh, we set up a couple of us at the gym and just said, Hey, between these hours come borrow what you want in order to make sure that everybody has an opportunity. We said you could basically get a set of dumbbells or a kettlebell, but at least you'll have something that you can use at home. And we're going to program to those things, you know, over the next couple of weeks for you. So you'll be, you'll be in good hands. You'll be set. Um, so we did that. Then about a week or two into that, when it became clear that this might drag on a little bit, we decided that it wasn't going to be enough to just program workouts and hopefully our, our guys would keep doing it. You know, working out at home is very different, especially in our type of gym. It's very community based. Um, one of the things that's really the secret sauce of these, you know, small gyms like this studio boutique type gyms is really is the community and the camaraderie. So as soon as everybody's pushed to home, that's really hard to maintain. So we were trying to do workouts on zoom, you know, where everybody could dial in and see their friends and, and so on. Those had a a mixed response. So the thing that we decided to do, um, Also in an effort really to keep paying my coaches what they were getting paid when they were coaching class was we decided to team up every single member with a member of the coaching staff so that not only would they get the gym workouts that we were, as usual, posting for everybody to do, but they would have the coach actually tailor those workouts on a daily basis for them based on what equipment they had available to them, whether it's what they borrowed from us or what they maybe just had already at home. Um, and then even more specific, like what their particular goals are, you know, when they were used to coming to the gym, we post a workout of the day, um, which the idea is everybody does the same workout, but the reality is no one does the same workout because they all pick and choose and scale it appropriate to what their skill level is, what their fitness level is and so on. Um, and rather than put all the members in a position where they had to now figure that out on their own at home, we decided it would be worth it. Um, to keep them, to keep them happy and, get, and engaged, and also to be able to continue to pay our coaches something. Um, why not team them up with the coach and let the coaches continue to do that for them? Whereas normally they would do that face- to- face in a class and they'd say, hey, Pat, you, you're doing this or you're working around this in just in injury, why don't you do this? And Dave, why don't you do this and you do this? Well, now we'll just do the same exact thing, but we'll do it individually. Uh, we hooked up with one of the uh, personal training kind of coaching apps. I think initially we were using True Coach. Now we're using mm-hmm. Trainerize. Um And we basically started delivering each day's workout to each every member that remained on the roster individually. And again, the idea was to create some back and forth, have some more accountability in there. Um, and that's basically uh, where we where we moved to. And we operated under that for, guess what, May and into, into well, through, through April and into May. In early June, uh, a group of gyms in North Carolina, we were not a part of it, but a group of gyms in North Carolina Uh, hired an attorney and sued the state or sued the governor's office and probably some other entities uh, basically saying that uh, his failure at that point to open gyms along with all the other businesses that had been opened um, you know was illegal so they filed for a temporary restraining order and that case was heard just around uh, Memorial Day so right at the end of May and they ended up losing um, on the temporary part of it. The case is now still pending long term. But one of the things that came out of that suit was uh, the plaintiffs had argued that a, aside from just on constitutional grounds and depriving the uh, owners and employees the opportunity to earn a living, you're also depriving uh, members the opportunity to use the gyms and get healthy and and be fit, right. particularly there's people out there who don't use gyms just to have bigger biceps or six pack (laughs) abs. There's a lot of them who are using it because they have diabetes, they have heart disease, they've recovered from injuries and things like that. So that was one of the things they, they argued in their lawsuit, which is, Hey, you're actually hurting this group of gym members, which is not insignificant. Um, And that was part of their argument. As a result of that argument, I believe my take on it is the governor or the governor's attorney said, whoa, 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 we didn't mean to do that. We're not trying to discriminate against sick people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're just trying to keep everybody safe and healthy. So they issued a, a, an update to their order, which had at that, to that point, base, again, barred gyms not operate in mm-hmm. any way, personal training, nothing. Um, and they issued this update, which said, if somebody has been directed or prescribed by a medical professional, and here's the short list of medical professionals, but it's pretty comprehensive doctors, nurses, PT, OT, you know, a registered dietitian, even licensed massage therapist. If you've been directed or prescribed by a, one of those people to have to exercise in in an indoor facility, then you're allowed to, and the facility is allowed to operate for you. So that came in very early June and gyms in the state started looking at it to see kind of how they could take advantage of it. Some of them took advantage of it pretty blatantly and said, Oh, cool. Big loophole. Let's just open yep. others like us. Um, we said, we're going to take advantage of this opportunity, um, collect notes from people um, and operate. And then a couple weeks later, really like right at doc- the end of June, like doctor's notes, doctor's notes right. or PT note or whatever, right. actually, I'll show you. I got a stack of them right here, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, about early July, so it took about four weeks, but the Department of Health and Human Services here in North Carolina put out guidelines um, for the gyms that were choosing to take advantage of this medical uh, prescription. Yeah. Uh guideline. And they actually said, if you're going to operate under this guideline, here's the guidelines. And it's all the health and safety things that most businesses are now operating under during COVID, which is, you know, uh, cleanliness, sanitization, uh, protocol for staff, wearing masks um, in different instances, whether it's staff or, or clients coming and going, uh, cleaning protocols, um distance obviously uh capacity limits and things like that so they've actually put out a full list of here's the guidelines which most of us would argue should just be the guidelines overall just open the gyms and let them all run under these guidelines well right now they're they're saying you can use these guidelines if you're using this medical quote-unquote exemption Um, so we're taking full advantage of it so since uh, mid June, probably around the 16th or 18th, somewhere in there, we've started operating in person again, indoors, um, uh, using under that guideline, we're running just four classes a day. They're capped at only 10 people. That's 10 people in a 6,000 square foot facility. I mean, it's it's still almost laughable. Uh, but we're, cleaning. Everyone's got their own designated space. We've even, uh, set up stations. So people don't share equipment. They're not even sharing equipment with people who were there earlier in the day. They get their own cleaning products and hand sanitizer. We check temperatures when they come in and excuse me. We also even, and we're running subsequent outdoor workouts at the same time. Fortunately for us, our facility has a big garage door, so we Mm can kind of run a group indoors and outdoors at the same time. But it's uh you know here we are august 5th it's north carolina it's 110 freaking degrees outside no one really wants to work out outside as of just yesterday (laughs) i put up uh two uh 10 by 20 tents outside in our front yard and our parking lot to hopefully provide just a little bit of sun relief for the folks who do want to work out Mm. outside you know some folks are just not comfortable coming indoors so we want to still be there for them but uh so that's kind of where we're at today um And uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, my focus right now is just on trying to maintain the business as best we can so that when and if this kind of all goes mostly away, we could still be here, you know, which for the first time in 13 years, I was unsure of as of just a couple weeks ago, you know, whereas I never even would have thought that even after March 15th. Um, but a couple weeks ago I was like, shit, I don't know if we're going to actually make it. Um, right. now I actually feel a little better the last few weeks have there's been some good indicators that we will. Um, but again, this is after being 13 years in business and I would argue probably one of the more profitable micro gyms around. And, uh, now again, I'm, um, to the point where I've had doubts as to whether we can even survive, which is really scary, but also Frustrating on multiple levels, but also infuriating on others, right, <laughs> as, right. as you can imagine.
0: So the outdoor, yeah, I mean, I don't know, so many things. Uh, <laughs> the outdoor workouts, like you guys, anybody's pretty much clear to do that as long as they have yeah. the space to do it. They've That's right. People
1: to do that That's right. Any question. Yeah, so initially the, out, the, the outdoor workouts were allowed right from the get- Uh, There were some conditions. So I I believe in the state and then even our city, there there was an outdoor workout limit even of 10 people, uh, which also is capricious and arbitrary because it wasn't based on the amount of space. Um, Again, my space, we're fortunate. We actually, our back door leads out into a city park. Uh, It's a city (laughs) park that's the size of of an Olympic-sized soccer field. They actually have an Olympic-sized soccer field on it. So 10 people was originally the size of outdoor groups. Now it's 25. Um, But really now the limitation for us is not really uh, any regulation on the size of the group. It's that it's 98 degrees plus humidity. So it's really uncomfortable to be outside and, we would argue unsafe to be outside really at the height of the day which down here is any time after really 10 11 o'clock in the morning it's really probably not the safest thing to be doing so
0: um
1: but it's possible and we have had people early on we had a lot of people taking advantage and then when we moved indoors uh on the limited capacity most of those people came indoors but a handful still go outdoors and i'm hoping that these tents that we set up, which in retrospect I should have set up two months ago. But you know, live and learn. and We're all trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that those th- those will maybe give an attractive option to some of the folks who have not yet come back at all, who are still with us or or maybe left us, but now will come back because they'll see there's a more comfortable space outside right. um, to train in. So we'll see. It's a it's a small expense um, in the grand scheme. If it helps, you know, get some people back in here.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, and it's got to be a little bit, even though it's got to be a little bit refreshing that you're, in a, you know, part of a business that can adjust and do things outside, even though, like right now, in the middle of the heat in July and, and, and uh, August in and, uh, and North Carolina not ideal. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just, I look at, I think at some other businesses and stuff that are just struggling and, uh, hmm. you know, we, some things don't work outside, you know. That's and right. That's, that's I see right. restaurants you know, all the all the time right now trying to make things work outside and in the heat it's hard. Um, my girlfriend and I went to this um open mic comedy show the other night and was outdoor and ah. I don't I don't know that anybody's ever done comedy outside. And yeah. it, was, it, it was interesting because you you know, you see, you know, in comedy comics are trying to, you know, work the crowd, to get a feel right. of the uh, the energy and stuff, you know what I mean? So like being inside it seems kind of important for that and it was it was a little awkward I think for a lot of the comics. Um yeah. but yeah so you know being having a business that you can move outside is nice. Um but it's not gonna it's not probably a sustainable model um you know year round right. weather and things of that yeah. nature. Um yeah so I don't know man. Good for you for like adjusting and you know I talked to some other friends in the industry too um I'll leave nameless but you know some pretty successful people that um yeah. you know and even they were questioning you know where they whether they were going to make it you know we're talking All about right. the we're probably just... the best of the best in our industry yeah. you know uh questioning whether they were going to make it just a few weeks ago too you know um yeah it's scary feel like it's scary. They've, they've they've made it around that curve and they're they're going to be okay but it's hard to it's hard to know for sure um You know, I mean, you're tested to every, in every capacity at this point, um, beyond things that you could even imagine would have happened. Like you were saying, you plan for all kinds of things and and Mm -hmm. businesses, what a lot of people don't know is, you know, they don't realize is like, just because somebody owns a business doesn't mean that they can, that doesn't mean they're independently wealthy and then it can, they can weather a storm because they're no, a no. business owner you know what I that's mean? that's right like, that's right um businesses don't plan for things like this and it's just well
1: not like this again no, you know you can when you know we were lucky because if you really look I, I mentioned our our business we opened in august of 2008 um and if you you know if pay attention to the news or had at certain points september 2008 <laughs> was the start of the basically complete economic turmoil, the housing bubble and all those things that followed. We were fortunate in that we we had chosen a business and a a business model with CrossFit that it didn't matter at that point. It it took off. Um, So from 2008 to 2012, you know, we had, exponential growth during that time, even though it was what you would consider a quote unquote down, down economy at that point for many, many people, it, we didn't notice it. Now I say that. And then as I say it, I'm like, actually, maybe we should have grown even faster had it not been a down economy. But my point is, is that even during a down economy period, we started and grew a business to become very successful. Um, And then when the economy really started taking off, then, you know, we're doing even, even more. Um, but again, to plan to just be closed for half a year, <laughs> most businesses can't survive that. I don't envy any of our previous employers or other folks that we know in the industry, certainly the Globo gym, you know, industry, those guys, you know, with 30,000 square foot gyms, like if they don't own their buildings and even if they do, if they have mortgages on those buildings, like I can't even fathom the, the stress on those businesses. Um, And the reality is because of all this that's happening, I do think that those businesses, even if they make it through all this, which hopefully they do, they are probably going to come out of it in much worse shape than the smaller ones um, like mine, just because they have, they're just much bigger ships to turn. Um, They serve a different purpose also, you know, those big gyms with, 200 pieces of cardio equipment and movie theaters and spin rooms with 50 bikes in it. That that's might not be something that people are super comfortable going back to anytime soon. And we know that the business model in all of those gyms is volume. Yeah. That that's almost the only thing that keeps those places going and minting money <laughs> is volume. So uh, I'm glad I'm not in that side of the business anymore. Um, yeah this is just another reason I've been glad I haven't been in that side of the business for a long time anyway. Um, but now even more so this time around, I don't envy them, but you know, we all have our own unique set of challenges at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to know like what, like going forward, um, what's, what's the right model or what's, uh, yeah, there's just some, so many things unknown. And I don't Mm -hmm. know when you, are you even able to think about, uh, the future like planning like for up like what? How are you planning right? now? Well, what are your what are your immediate goals and yeah term goals if you even have any at this point?
1: Yeah, so yes and no. I mean you have to plan for the future but now the way I take planning for the future is it's a future of the relative unknown um, or even largely unknown so my future planning right now, uh, is relatively short, short term. Um, and it's contingent. So it's, here's the future plan, but here's option A, B and C. Um, right. I mentioned even just, even later today that our governor is slated to speak again this afternoon. Our current stay at home order is in effect through this coming Friday. Uh, he may change it. Um, he may say, Okay. The time has come. Jim's <laughs> you're now good to go or not good completely, but you know, right. you're, you're ready to be in the next phase. Hallelujah. Okay. What changes on Saturday morning for us? I don't think anything, um, for a couple reasons. One, the way it seems to be working, our city and County may still have some authority to Uh, stifle whatever that order is somewhat and slow it down. They did it with restaurants back, uh, whatever it was. I don't even remember the date, but when they moved to let the restaurants reopen indoors um, in the state, our city slash county, which are working in tandem, they were about seven to 10 days behind. They waited seven Mm -hmm. to 10 days. Um, So that could happen. But even if that were to happen today, I think the biggest boost that we would get is is not really the the regulation or the lack of enforcement or or the the uh stress of enforcement from from a government it's public perception so that's the thing that i'm really looking forward to is the day that they say hey gyms you are now safe to open uh i think the public perception will start to change which that's what i'm looking forward to all that said uh in terms of planning So I'm sort of thinking ahead to, well, what if that happens? If that happens, this is sort of what we'll look like and do. If that doesn't happen, this is what we're going to continue to do. And this is what we're going to plan for. Um, I I don't see this happening, but he's certainly surprised me all along the way. If for some reason he were to pull things back, I have a, what are we going to do if that happens? So we're certainly future planning, but it's really more, contingency what if this 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 or this happens and then what's our reaction to it gonna be um, and then there's also like I said the unknown um, you know our city and town it's a different makeup of people from other cities and towns in even our own state um, you know our folks here locally definitely are seem to be a little bit more cautious um, a little bit more slow to get back out into into the regular life. Um, I have friends in other parts of the state where they said they reopened and the gyms were packed eight classes, 10 classes a day. Here we're running four a day and they're not packed. They're, they're pretty active, but they're not packed. I wouldn't use that description. Uh, You know, different communities have different responses to what's going on. Um, So there's that contingency that we have to think about. Um, And in terms of like, whereas before I would have really thought long-term, uh, in planning, you know, six months, a year, two years, five years from now, you know, I just turned 44, you know, back in April. So I I don't plan to do this forever. Um, so thinking, you know, further out, well now some of that is on hold because I really don't know. I don't know what the six month is going to look like. Are we closed again? Are we closed by mandate? Are we closed because of public panic? Uh, are we, or are we back to pre March 15th, which is, I think possible, or not possible. It that will happen at some point, Um, but when is it? You know, when does that happen? So I'm thinking about all of those things, and then I think I mentioned it just real in passing in my intro. But you know, in the midst of all this, we also rebranded our our business.
0: Right, Um, I was going to ask
1: about that. Yeah, we're still a CrossFit affiliate, um, but we've rebranded to kind of create more of our own local identity, more attached to our our local community. Um so that's got its own set of challenges even in normal times and now we're trying to kind of do it in this weird time. So um we've even been talking about uh, you know, what is our what do our class offerings look like under the new branding structure? Um whereas before we used to run a, like a boot camp style class which we called Hustle, and then we ran a CrossFit class and all of our new members uh pre-March 15th, everybody who came to us started in our hustle program so that they could build a nice uh, foundation of fitness and, and our style and our community. And then if they chose after the first six weeks or so, if they wanted to uh, venture into the CrossFit class, they could. And the way we build the difference was the CrossFit classes were just more complex. They used more barbells and Olympic lifting and, and uh, gymnastics based work. Right. Um, whereas the other classes, the in- hustle classes didn't. Um, now we're, we have everybody training all in the same class mainly because of time and space constraints. And we've started talking about, well, we kind of like it this way. We actually have people now who would in our old system have been doing both classes separately. Now they're doing it together. And it's actually kind of working for us. So we've talked about maybe when this is over, uh, maybe this is how we'll continue to do it. But we then temper those conversations cause we're like, we really don't know. Right. Um, you know, we really don't know. Again, right now, even with the regulations, we're limited to 10 people indoors right now. Um, our space can easily run two groups of 15 indoors, the way in, in the old way. And even with six foot or eight foot social distancing guidelines, we could probably run groups of 12, two of them indoors at the same time, but we're not yeah. allowed to do that yet. Um, so we've started talking about those types of things in terms of our long what, what the gym may look like. But again, there, a lot of those things are not in our control at the moment. Yeah. Um, some by government regulation, but also some by public perception. If I said tomorrow, Hey guys, we're going to run two classes now, 10 of you over here and 10 of you over here, uh, we might get a lot of pushback because people may not feel that that's comfortable for them. Right. Uh, In in the moment. So little by little, you know, we'll get there. So there is definitely some long term planning going on, but it's very, you know, based on what what happens. What What ifs? ifs. Yep. A lot of what ifs. So again, I have, you know, my notepad and it's what if this, what if this, what if this, what if this. So I'll be prepared it's just a lot more planning work than I might normally have done. You know, we were on cruise control. (laughs) I was on cruise control. Like I said, I'm 44. I was on cruise control and I'm like, we're cruising until I'm done with this. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 last (laughs) last time we talked was a couple months before all this stuff happened. Um, So yeah, I mean, you had some other CrossFit locations still. You're not, you're not affiliated Mm -hmm. with those anymore.
1: I'm, I'm a partner in one other, um, uh, as of last year, I was a partner in three others. Um, last year we sold two of the others. Um, I'm still a partner in in one other. Um, they're experiencing all the other all the things that I've talked about. They're going through all those things as well. they're They're doing some things a little differently from uh, some of what I've described here. Um, but we're in the same town. They're dealing with the same issues. Um, generally the same community of people. Um, right. and so on. So same challenges.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, th- honestly, I was, I was really shocked, uh, from North Carolina, uh, like when all this came down and they opened everything up except gyms, <laughs> pretty much. It seemed like I was like, pretty much. I don't, I don't know. Like I was, I was really shocked by that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought I knew North Carolina better. I kind of just didn't expect that from North Carolina of all places.
1: Um, Well, I think the state definitely has a little bit of a bipolar, you know, even politically, you know, there's the state is split um, politically, not, not in terms of even, well, in terms of the population centers, you know, like in my area is definitely would be considered more of a blue area. Other parts of the state or most parts of the state would be considered red areas. The state was red in, in 2016, although the governor is blue. Um, so, and the state house and the state Senate are red with wide margins, but there's a, a democratic governor. So in that regard, there's that. Um, also, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really at a loss. A lot of us that are, are at a loss as to why, you know, why gyms, I don't, believe it's personal about gyms. I do think it's due to misunderstanding. Um, it's not just gyms, but it's mostly it's gyms, bowling alleys, theaters, and they have limited, and there's no bars right now either. They had let the bars somewhat open. Now they've pulled back. There's no bars. The restaurants are open, but not bars. And they just recently stopped alcohol sales in restaurants after 11 o'clock. So they couldn't kind of loophole and become a bar after 11. Um, But even when you think about that, a bar, a theater, a nightclub, a bowling alley, even, I guess you could probably argue for a bowling alley, but, um, the gym still doesn't make sense on multiple levels. One, not all gyms are created equal. I have friends who are yoga studio owners. They're, they're covered by this micro gym, CrossFit owners. Globo gym owners, martial arts, jujitsu, kickboxing, Muay Thai gyms, Krav Maga. We're, we all operate differently. We all have right. different size spaces. We all have different size groups. We all do different things. So it's not even fair or forget the fairness. It doesn't even make sense from an intellectual standpoint as to why they are all even in the same category. Right. That's probably a fight for another day. Um but it's it's really just kind of comical. And the other part of it that's infuriating is, uh, and I'm with you, I mean, again, North Carolina. So we're bordering South Carolina, Tennessee, then Georgia, not too far away. Those were three of the very early states to reopen, yep. including their gyms. So we were early on thinking, okay, cool. Well, South Carolina's doing it. Georgia's doing it. Tennessee's doing it. Here's their guidelines. Here's probably what our guidelines are going to be. Because you would think we would follow our yeah. neighbors, basically. Yeah. Um, even Virginia, Virginia's gyms are, are are open and have been now open for several weeks um, under these guidelines, uh, and also a blue state. So where where is the logic? The there is no logic. The reality is, the the our state government is using the they claim that they're relying on science and data to drive their decisions, but they can't with a straight face say they're using science and data when it comes at the very least to fitness centers. Yeah. They can use, they can use their science and data in general when they're looking at maybe overall numbers, you know, just infections and hospitalizations and deaths. Although there's a lot of nuance in those numbers too, but when it comes to fitness in particular, they have no science or data. They constantly for months now have been relying and using the term, uh, in fitness centers, there's heavy breathing. There's a lot of heavy breathing. <laughs> and that r- really is the science that they are using to single out and keep gyms closed. It's, it's really laughable because yeah. that is the only argument they have used, that people are in close quarters and there's a lot of heavy breathing. And the reality is, depending on the gym, number one, that's not the case, right? Right. Um, and even if that is the case in certain gyms, as other states have shown, you can put things in place to mitigate that capacity limits, yep. spacing limits, and, and so on and so on. But if you Easily. walk into a, if you walk into a weight room in almost any gym, unless it's a, a, a a group exercise studio. Right. But if you walk into a weight room in most places, there's no heavy, there's no real heavy breathing going on right. In there. Right. No, there's just not heavy breathing's happening maybe in the cardio room or a cardio mm-hmm. area. Um, but then you could do things to mitigate that. Yep. So it's just silly. Um, I'm hoping that maybe they'll come to their senses. Uh, maybe, like I said, maybe even later today we'll find out, but, yeah. uh, In any event, we're plowing forward because, again, I feel like we've hopefully gotten past the hump. Um, Public perception is the thing that I'm most focused on now. As best we can, and trying to control that at least within our small community uh, near us.
0: Yeah, and and on those topics, like there, there is some science out there now for gyms. There is some data out there. That's right. uh, That I I read in Ursa the other day. If you're familiar with that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it shows that the transmission in gyms is like almost none. Yes. You know, yes. At very least extremely insignificant, you know, compared yes. to other places. That's right. So,
1: and they actually, I saw that. And I think uh, also they've shown in California, they have a, a network of gyms there of 750 or so gyms. And they showed three, three million check-ins in the, it, since these gyms have reopened Yep, and the number of infections that could be traced to one of those 750 gyms it was negligible, like right. may, and negligible in in the sense of there was like one or two. Right. Um. So again, shows that and that may or may are, not
0: have anything to do correct. with that person being in the gym. That's right. That's correct.
1: <laughs> so. That's correct. So there's so you're right in that sense. The science and data actually supports not keeping the gyms closed as opposed to have a yeah. reason to keep them closed. Um, there's, you know, there's the a study or a pre-study at least, you know, because it hasn't been completely peer reviewed out of Europe. You know, I think out of Norway where they did similar, they tested, yep. you know, gym goers in Norway and same thing, no infections, yep. you know, um, people, the reality is people are getting it in, in other places. Many of them are getting it at work or at home where they're yep. really in close contact with people. And so it just—it just sucks. It's just because, again, I think it's silly um, from a scientific standpoint. Right. I do understand the the need or the want, especially by government folks, to do what they deem necessary to protect their citizens, or at least sure. be portrayed that way. Uh, they don't want deaths on their hands. You know, they don't want to be blamed for that. I understand all those things. And I also understand here, you know, one of the things that I've tried to tell some of my like-minded friends and business owners is like, look, he's the, our governor, he's now taken this stance. He's a politician. Once right. a politician takes a stance and digs it in,
0: yep.
1: <laughs> which he has done. Uh, and when I say he's dug it in because he's been sued and actually fought the lawsuit, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, so he's definitely dug in on it. <laughs> he's, now he's dug in.
1: And yep. he may not even want to be dug in anymore, but because he, his future is dependent on what people's perception of him is, if he now changes, he could be perceived even by folks who support him as having caved, which yep. is never a good position for a politician to be in, um, or if he were to give in or change, now all of us who have been opposing him could say, what took you so long, you right. son of a bitch. Yep. And that's not good for him politically either. So I, I, I take a little bit of, you know, empathy for having, for him being in that position. But I also would say, you put yourself in that position, dude, and you didn't have to. Yep. So my empathy ends there. Um You know, so, so again, we'll, we'll kind of see, you know, where that goes and what happens, you know, with that. I think the bigger, more important thing is again, public perception, um, which, you know, more and more people hopefully are realizing that it's important to take this thing seriously and, and be cautious and do things to keep yourself healthy but that's the important part is to keep yourself healthy and right. keeping yourself healthy. Doesn't stop with wearing a mask, keeping six feet from other people and washing your hands. Yep. You could do those three things. And if you're grossly overweight or diabetic or pre-diabetic or, you know, so on and so on, you're actually not keeping yourself that safe yep. just because you're wearing a mask or doing these other things. So, and, and the reality is Gyms exist for a reason. There's a reason why 50 years ago, commercial health clubs started popping up. Uh, it's not really that exercise is that fun necessarily. Yep. Yep. It's that there's a a reason for them uh, and people do enjoy going and the camaraderie that comes with it, but they also enjoy the results that come with it. Yep. Um, you know, There's just millions of people who have life-changing stories about in terms of their health and wellness, forget their physique or aesthetics. And yeah. uh, I think we'll get to a point where hopefully people realize I can't do this on my own. They could have done this on their own in March, March 14th. People could have been exercising at home, right? but they weren't. They chose to go to a gym for whatever their personal reason was. Uh, and I think at some point that all that comes back. Yeah. I do. I do think that comes back.
0: Well, you know, we can just only hope and, you know, I talked to a lot of people and we all share the same sentiment that, you know, I feel like, you know, one of the major things we should all take away from this and people, the public should take away from this is like to, to be healthier, like in all areas of your life, like you're talking about Um, exercise is great, um, but start looking at the types of food you're consuming. Like, I, I just hope that it makes people more hyper aware of their health and wellness and and the other contributing factors, uh, like food, the sleep, the, you know, things that, you know, exercise all the things that are really what are going to keep you healthy and with a strong immune system. And let's start talking about, um, you know, things that are like on my list of things that I want to do, like food reform. Like let's Mm -hmm. talk about the food that we're pumping into our, our communities, you know, not just the kids and the schools, but like, Food in general, like the like corn syrup and everything, like come on, like right. so. There's I think there's other things and all that's, you know, unfortunately all that is, you know, we we have to get involved in politics for all that, and it's really a shame because I think that a lot of people aren't going to want to hear what really needs to be done. Because if we, we can look at food industry like For big sure. like big pharma, the big food industry, like come on like it's yeah. it's going to be a challenge it's going to be tough, but if we're really consi- if we're really concerned about the health of our country um, and, and the the health and wellness of our neighbors and our family yeah. members, then those are the types of things that we need to start talking about because that's where a real change is going to take place and you know the i don't want even want to get into the numbers with the with all this nonsense that's going on and how insignificant it is compared to um people living a healthier lifestyle in so many other areas and that we can help people and and make make an impact um but uh yeah so yeah um so fitness Fitness in our forties, man. I got to tell you, brother. Like I don't know if you know yeah. this, but last year when you were going through your fitness transformation journey, man, yeah. you were, you know, I was on the same journey, man. You were inspiring yeah. me. Um, so yeah, it's both, good to have. Yeah. yeah, we're both the same age. We didn't plan <laughs> it that way, but I saw <laughs> you on your journey, and I had started <laughs> mine. Uh, so what what prompted you to to? Uh, to do well, that?
1: I started, you know, mine. Lying- Again, I'm you know been been working out in some capacity since I'm I don't know 13 14 years old and yep. um, was a competitive college cheerleader and then you know again been in the fitness industry you know since college and uh, it, it's always easy it's easy to take for granted being in the industry that yeah. you know it's not just being the industry means you'll be in shape you have to actually do something about it and I had always worked out but hadn't really done it very seriously, let other things distract me. And I don't know about a year, well, a little more almost two years ago. Now, uh, I got hooked up with a nutrition coach really on a whim, uh, a mentoring group that I was working with for my business. Uh, had one of the members of that group was a nutrition coach, a world renowned one. And, uh, on a whim, well, for me, they put together, um, a 12 week challenge for members of this mentoring group under his uh, coaching. And so on a whim for me, I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. Not really because I, I wanted to do it, but I wanted to be part of the group. So I, I had FOMO in terms of, I didn't right. want to be the one in the group to miss out. Yeah.
0: So I jumped <laughs> in and started
1: doing it. And I got teamed up with my, my personal coach, who's a, a former Navy SEAL, who's a to- mm. total badass. And uh, the first six or eight of the 12 weeks were the worst six or eight weeks of my life nutritionally just suffering I hated it but my coach was a former Navy SEAL and I wasn't gonna let him down Uh, I tell him even now because I still do it now although I don't have to I'm in my 93rd week or something of the program Um, but early on I, I would play games with myself and tell myself that if i didn't hit my numbers, you know, he was going to do bad things to me right. <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That was just to keep myself on track and motivated. And uh by the end of the 12 weeks, i you know, got through that and i was like, holy crap, look what i accomplished just in this period of time which was about in the 12 weeks was about 25 pounds right. and like almost half my body fat cut at yeah. that point. And i realized i could keep doing this. So now i keep doing it. I weigh yeah. and measure everything i eat. Uh, i don 't do keto. ours is a pretty balanced what would be considered really even a high carb plan but uh, I, yeah i I weigh and measure everything every day. I think I have seven hundred days in a row on my fitness pal or something like that right now wow. and uh you know then I started uh, training kickboxing a little over a year ago, which was just something that i'd always wanted to do, so I added that to my routine and i I have a minimum number of steps that I take every day. I have a walking desk here in my uh, office. It's not quite an office, but in my in my workroom. Yeah. And if I haven't hit my number of steps for the day, then I'm using that thing usually to start the day or to end the day. If it's the last thing I do, I'll go to I'll go to bed, but I'll make sure I hit my steps. And uh, a lot of it's mindset, you know. Oh, and I've had a lot yeah. of friends say like, "How do you keep doing it?" I'm like, "I just choose to do it." Uh, there's not a trick. There's, there's really not. The trick is I just do it. One meal, one day at a time. Uh, you know, I, I joke with people, you know, I grew up in New York. So I grew up eating good food, pizza and Italian food, pasta, Chinese food and Italian delis is my weakness. Yep. And I love all that stuff. And the cool thing is I I eat all that stuff now. I just don't eat it maybe in the quantities that I would eat it if I was unchecked. So I don't deprive myself. But Uh, I have calves for the first time in my life, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) Although I attribute that to, to training Muay Thai. Um, I was telling a friend of mine in college, my first year cheerleading in college, our uniforms were shorts. We had shorts for the, for the men on the team and we all hated it because they just looked goofy. But I particularly hated it because I had literally sticks for legs. I mean, I was built like a light bulb. I mean, I had sticks (laughs) for legs and I was pretty big up top. I hated them, hated them, hated them. And it was mainly because my calves were the only thing that were exposed. Well, now I I was joking to a friend of mine. I'd say, I wear those shorts now. It's still a goofy, still think they should wear pants. But now (laughs) I actually have calves, veins (laughs) in them and everything. But uh, yeah, so I just just put my head down and I just do it. And people are like, you're going to do this for the rest of your life. I travel with a food scale. It goes with me everywhere I go. And uh, even a restaurant, if we were out at a restaurant, I would say, Pat, do your thing. Order. It's going to take me a sec because I'm going to have to figure out how I'm going to eat this, whatever. When my plate comes, I might ask for an empty plate and I'll rebuild my plate You know, so I can measure everything out. I don't care. You do your thing. Don't worry about me. It might take me a couple extra minutes, but I'm going to enjoy this meal. I'm going to eat what I want to eat basically, but I'll make sure it fit. And I have people tell me like, you're going to do that forever. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe but I don't know. I'm doing it today. I know for sure I'll be doing it tomorrow and I'll be doing it next week. Forever is a long time. Uh, but I like the result of it. And, uh, it's one thing, especially as a business owner, but also, you know, as a fitness business owner, I do think it was one thing that I could have done differently and better over the first 10 years that I owned the business was be a better example. Um, you know, to the clients, to my clients. Um, I I think I was a good example. I mean, they'd see me in the gym and see me doing, and I'm not saying like you have to be, you know, six pack abs or eight pack abs and veins in your arms and biceps to be a good example if you're in the fitness business, but more so from a behavior standpoint, Mm -hmm. you know, Like, Oh, Dave uses a food scale. Oh, you know, Dave's posting about his steps and this, yeah, those are the types of things that I mean, you know, from a mindset standpoint, because I get not everybody's, you know, journey fitness or physique wise is the same by, by any means. Right. I mean, we know some people touch a barbell and they look like, you know, they blow up like a bodybuilder. Other people, you know, they can weigh and measure their food and they feel like they never lose any weight, you know, and they're constantly fighting. But the reality is you still can choose to do it, you know, mm. and, and you will be better. It will work. If you pay attention to what you eat and you pay attention to how much you move, You your body is going to change regardless of what your genetics are or what any predispositions you might have or even your history. It's yeah. going to change. It just may take longer for some than others. Yeah. Uh, but what's the alternative? Like, and that's where I've gotten to for me even is what's the alternative. Just get up and do it. I don't want to do it right now. You know what? I don't want to do it right now either, but you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. Cause I like being able to wear shorts and not feel self-conscious about it. Like, (laughs) you know, know? so you got to find whatever drives you too, you know? And for some people, they don't know what that is yet. And for me, when I first started, I didn't have a goal. So I didn't really know. I gave my coach a goal. Hey, I'd like to weigh this and be this. I had a picture of what that was. Right. The reality is I've actually right about achieved that right now. And I'm nowhere close to where I want to be because I've I've basically achieved those two numbers and I don't look the way I thought I was going to look at those numbers. So I'll keep going. But that's not why I'm doing it at this point, because once I started and got into it, then I found other things. Like I said, oh shit! I got caps.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is
1: pretty cool. What yeah, else? You, work on you know,
0: sculpting your body and like yeah, now I could do this. Like, yeah, I mean, or new goals
1: new goals. And again, they're not, they don't all have to be aesthetic either. I'm, I'm right. just picking on that. But, you know, there's other things. This is how I feel. Oh, I wake up earlier now than I ever did. Yeah. Uh, I used to hate do, waking up early. I didn't sleep all day, but I didn't wake up early. Now yeah. I wake up early and, and walk or, you know, walk around the neighborhood or, and, but that's allowed me to broaden other things. I listen to podcasts now or because yeah. I have time to do it. So by doing that, I'm learning other things. I'm getting inspired to do other things. Um, so that's where it's like, okay, i found other cool benefits that I didn't even know existed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the only reason I found them is because I started. And so I think for a lot of people, they don't ever start or they don't stick with it long enough to have that other thing yeah. come to them. Sure. You know? And that's, that's sad. That's our challenge in fitness. I mean, that's our job in fitness.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and there's obviously a lot of psychology. And unfortunately, going just circling back to what you said a couple minutes ago, like there's a lot of, unfortunately, politics now in it, yep. <laughs> which is really unfortunate. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, one of the first times, probably the first time I ever reposted anything from Bill Maher. Um, but I don't know if you saw. <laughs> Bill Maher had a, uh, I think it was his, the closing of his show maybe a couple days ago, but talking about you know, COVID, COVID response. And he basically talked about obesity. And he was basically calling out and saying, nobody is talking about, right. If you haven't seen it. You got to go look no, it up. No, I
0: haven't. Uh, it's on your okay. Facebook.
1: I, uh, you have to, it's on my page. Yeah. If not, just put, put yeah. Google it, you'll find it. But I think okay. I put it on my Facebook page, but he literally goes on this long, few, five minute rant about how no one's talking about obesity and that the re the people who are generally succumbing to this illness in particular yeah. are falling into this category. And No one's talking about it, you know, like you were saying, they're vitamin D deficient, they're overweight, they're diabetic or pre-diabetic, or they have heart disease. Um, And it's not saying like, well, that's why you're succumbing to this illness, like, and you deserve it. It's saying we all should be talking about this so that we all could be doing something about it so that everyone could at least be better prepared to to respond to the illness yeah you know um i saw i don't know if he used the stat or someone else maybe i saw do but they were talking about how in the same vein about obesity and how uh in i think it was vietnam the death rate in vietnam or the number of deaths in vietnam is is negligible right but the, Vietnam, it's right there. It's almost, I don't know if it borders China or not, but it's right oh, yeah. there in the region. There's yeah. definitely cross-traffic. They're sure. definitely yeah, yeah. all – if it's here in the United States, it's all over Asia. But why are they not, you know, having the same challenges that we are? Well, as a population, they don't have heart disease. They don't yeah. have diabetes the way we do. Um, and it's not – it shouldn't be political to talk about those things. But unfortunately, in this day and age, yeah. everything has been everything made political. Is. Yeah. So I don't know how we get our way out of that, but yeah. we have to some in some way. Unfortunately, so that's that's one of our challenges here in fitness. I think as we move forward, I know for us here locally, it'll be much easier to make those arguments when we're actually. Allowed to be open, <laughs> yep. you know, full bore. Um, hopefully, the places in others, the other what, forty six or forty seven states that are open are starting to actually tackle that once they get past their their actual survival as a business. Yep. Um, you know, I had somebody ask me a couple of days ago about a particular topic, like, "Hey, I wanted, uh, uh, what are we doing about helping this particular community?" And my response was, "I want to help that community." but the best way we can help that community is making sure we exist yeah. in the long term to be able to help that community. So I'm not pouring cold water on your idea today, maybe a little bit of lukewarm water because I'm I don't it's not that I don't want to help, it's that if we don't get our own house in order <laughs> to make sure that we could be here for the long haul, we can't help them at all. Yep. And we certainly won't be able to help them for years to come. So my focus right now is on this. Let's get this fixed and this righted. And then we could try to help everybody that out that's out there that needs help, you know? So,
0: yeah, no, that's, that's uh, those are wise words, man. I mean, I, if, if more people would look, you know, in front of them before they try to change and help the world and every, everything else, um, you know, I think we'd be, we'd all be in, a lot better position in all areas, uh, certainly as it relates to our health as well.
1: That's for sure. I mean, you got, I I, I forget what the phrase is or the cliche, right? But like your own house has to be in order, Mm, right? Don't be telling other people how to run their shit if yours is messed up.
0: Um,
1: Not that there's not some value and you probably can't provide some good nuggets (laughs) to help other people, but where's really the logic in that? And the reality is you will help even more people if you're dialed in, yep. it's not that you can't help them if you're messed up. Right. Yep. But it's one of these things, you know, uh, you know, they say if you go to a financial advisor, one of the first questions you should ask them is what's his net worth,
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: or <laughs> sure. is he, what's his, does he carry any debt or what? You're not necessarily going to ask those questions, but the, the idea is, is true. If you're going to take financial advice from someone, shouldn't they have their own house in order? If you're going to take fitness advice from someone, shouldn't they have their house in order? Mm. And that doesn't mean they have to have already achieved that pinnacle. And that's what I was saying before about the example. But are they at least on the journey, right? Are they living the journey? Because it's not about how much weight someone is or... Isn't or how many muscles they have or, or don't don't. It's are they working towards it? And same, even using my financial advisor. If a guy, I went to a guy and he said, "Oh no, but I have a ten point plan and here's my plan to get rid of my college debt or my professional debt and blah 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 blah." Oh cool, all right, this guy's on it. <laughs> He's yeah. got a plan. Cool, he could put me on the same plan.
0: Yep.
1: You know, he doesn't have to have gotten to the mountaintop in order to help me. He's got to at least be a couple steps above me on the mountain, right? So you can pull sure. me up. So I think same in fitness and you're right. I mean, more people would be better served if more of us acted that way before we tried to tell other people yeah. what to do or, or inspire other people what to do is let's show them, show them what to do.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Couldn't agree more brother yeah (laughs) well it's been awesome catching up with you man i love watching you i love uh seeing your journey and you know since we go way back and um you know i love seeing you fight through this thing man and if there's anybody that can can get through it and provide help to other people i know you are one of those people um and um i I look forward to continuing to watch your your fight and uh As always, brother, if there's anything I can do at all to help you, I'm always here. Um, and uh, so, you're, with your new brand, it's what is yeah. your brand and how can people the New, find new you? brand?
1: Yeah, the new brand is Courage Fitness Durham. CourageFitnessDurham.com. Yep. Um, we were originally CrossFit Durham. And we always use the acronym CFD. So one of the motivations in choosing our new brand was trying to be able to keep our our local acronym just because that's how most people know us. So when I was trying to figure that out and looking for words or descriptors that would, you know, uh, create some level of, you know, create a picture. Yeah. Uh, And when we were looking, I. Muted sorry about that you um it, you know what 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 would be a word that would inspire an idea for people and as we were going through and I said ah you know we were looking at all c words sure. and I said oh <laughs> courage yeah that's it we could build something around that and like yeah. and and so again we're just only whew, uh six weeks into that so and still trying to deal with everything else so it's certainly not a fully. Uh, pledged out idea yeah but but i'm excited for for what we can do with it yeah i'm excited for it.
0: sounds good brother anything for me man i don't
1: think so i'm glad to see you doing your thing and keeping lean at 44 yes sir (laughs) feels pretty good i had to
0: to, (laughs) you know i'd I'd taken the journey too and my for myself brother it's like it's the same thing you're saying it's like I, i i just like how i eat now and what i do now is just who i am it's not like i don't you know, and I chose to go to the keto route officially, uh, you know, initially when I started this journey and, um, you know, I had been out of the fitness industry for a few years and I just getting back to it. So I decided to do the keto thing. I'm not really necessarily keto now. I mean, my girlfriend is very strict paleo, like, so, Mm. you know, and so I'm more like, I eat pretty much what I want. So I, she's an amazing cook and, so i get to eat good healthy grass-fed food organics uh, we go to the farmers mm-hmm. market every week or the farm to pick our own veggies and um yeah. so it's less about keto it's i still eat a high fat high protein lower carb diet but i don't really i don't pay attention to i just eat a certain way and i just know how yeah. to eat that way and it's just become who i am and yeah. i don't have i don't have to think about it anymore it's just that's it's, awesome it's, i've just i've made it convenient for me um i'm in the best shape of my life and i'm healthier than i've ever been um uh, from a medical like blood work standpoint and uh cuz i've definitely been through my challenges and uh you know it's just you know making that change and making that decision and committing to it and um and it was hard like you said it's hard i didn't want to do it um you know and i didn't really i didn't for me i didn't have a a reason like except that it was like, you know, when I turned 40, I made a lot of changes in my life. And like, it was time to like get my shit together, you know, physically, medically, spiritually, like, and that was just part of it. And, you know, when you when you take care of all those things and, and especially take care of your health and the food you put in your body, um, you know, and you exercise, I mean, it, it changes everything else in your life. So, yeah. and again, you know, as you mentioned, like, we take that for granted, maybe sometimes when we work in the fitness industry for so long, um, you know, so for me, it was just like recommitting to that, you know, because there was a lot of years I was committed to it. And then yeah. most of the years where I was struggling, trying to commit to it, but my, sure. my, my lifestyle choices outside <laughs> of the fitness industry weren't conducive with, you yeah, know, I all of you. that. So, you know, when I made the, all make all those changes, man. It's like, it's a holistic approach. And, It's awesome. Um, Really a well-rounded approach. So it's, again, it's just, just committing to it, man. And being in our forties, we got to like, I think, um, you know, 40 is the time to, I mean, we're just halfway through our life, man. It's just like, okay, we can choose to go one direction or the other. We can continue to just get by or just survive, or we can, you know, take an opportunity to, to go a different direction and, and relive a second life at 40, you know, life just begins at 40 is yeah. somebody, somebody says that, I don't know who, but, <laughs> um, but, um, yeah. yeah, so man, that was, that was kind of my commitment too, so.
1: That's awesome. That's cool.
0: awesome.
1: Well, all right, I brother. look forward what? to seeing your continued journey. It's, yeah, man. I know we can back and forth inspire each other. Yeah, we
0: could all day. And,
1: uh, Even some of the other, you know, some of our old friends and stuff too, we're all in the same uh, generation at this point. And I know we have a lot of other friends who are doing the same thing. Absolutely. Right now, it's pretty, it's fun to see. It's cool to see, but we could feed off, you know, feed off one another or feed off someone else in the group.
0: Yep.
1: uh, Which I think is important for everybody to see. have a community, Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's really what drives the world is community. Yep. And in this day and age, community can be made up in, you know, many, many different ways. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're seeing that now, how important it is.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh, for yeah. sure.
0: All right, brother, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, thanks again for coming sounds on, good. and uh, I'll reach out to you soon, brother. All right, sounds all good. Right. Thank you, Thank Pat. you. Thank all right. you all for talk tuning to you. in. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you again so much for tuning in, taking your time out of your day to listen to the show. I very much appreciate it. Always looking for guests for the show. If you got a powerful story, everyone has a story. Your story might actually help somebody, might change their life or better yet, even save their life. Uh, Something you went through at some point in your life um, and you've overcome, somebody else is going through right now and you could help them by sharing it. Be a guest on the show, share your story, change someone's life. Reach out to me today to book your guest spot. Pat at patking.com is my email. Put in the subject podcast guest and I'll get back to you immediately. Thank you again and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you.